So here we are on the predetermined feed. <laughs> this is predetermined presents blank. This is a brand new show starring myself, Garrett Callender, and your favorite KOBK member, Hardway, Hardway Heater. Heater. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Yeah, this is going to be a little different than what we normally do on these shows, which is have a good time. We're going to have a bad time. <laughs> Just the worst. Absolute worst time. That's what I'm here for. I, I don't bring a good vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kill or be killed is scary. This is... I, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware. Uh, listen, as a member of KOBK, I also scared <laughs> but yeah we don't have a name for this show so what we're gonna do well so here's what i'll say is is that i have definitely had concussions that is my excuse for not being able to come up with a name <laughs> <laughs> so what this show is gonna be it's gonna be more uh deathmatch centric because i think heater and i have both more recently gotten into death matches very much so Two different sides of it, though. <laughs> well, yeah, because I remember growing up watching, like, ECW, and my favorite stuff from ECW was, like, the more hardcore stuff. And that kind of led to, uh, the. I think the next company I watched was XPW, which was, like, a weird offshoot. Of like it was like all the ECW guys, but like with glass. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like AEW dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's what that show is. I have not seen. <laughs> uh, uh, Adam Priest is on there. He's a uh, AEW dark superstar. Adam Priest. Uh, it's, so it's JD Drake. Oh yeah, JD Drake. <laughs> There's some guys we like on there. there I just are a few guys on there that we like. They just give me a two and a half hour show. See, this is what this show is not. We are not gonna. <laughs> Yeah, fuck AEW Dark. Fuck all those guys. <laughs> They've got enough platforms. <laughs> they have a two and a half hour YouTube show. I'm here to talk about ruckus. I'm here to talk about <laughs> like later year Sandman matches. Like I'm thinking like 2000 to like 2004. Like when he was doing like minimal but some death matches. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the last Sandman interaction I had was at uh, GCW Lost in New York. Oh, yeah? And he was going around the crowd pouring beer in everybody's mouths. And the friend that I was with is sober now. And I was just like, please don't pour beer on her. She'll never come with me to wrestling again. I take it that she didn't get any beer. She did not, but oh my God, it came close. He was coming down our road. You could almost see Sandman eyeballing her. And then he was, she he like just full fear in her eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> this isn't the one. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, let's talk about deathmatch stuff instead. Let's talk about like, I don't know. Freedoms is a good company now that's going on. Um, I'd like to talk some about Freedoms. Uh, maybe some old CZW. Definitely some old, some <laughs> FMW. I'm very much into some FMW. But it doesn't necessarily have to be deathmatch-centric. Just what I would call a more niche market of wrestling. Uh, also, like, a bunch of All Japan would be cool because, like, I love the King's Road stuff. Uh, just, you know, 
the part where they went, you know what? Wrestling isn't seen as hard hitting anymore. How do we change people's minds? Oh, we just like really hit each other a bunch. <laughs> uh, the King's Road stuff I need to dive more into. So I'm excited to do that with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, just I like that we're going to be diving into some like a little more non-traditional wrestling. Well, as a professional wrestler, I can honestly say that I don't watch a lot of the modern product from the two bigger companies. Um, I'll watch NWA occasionally, especially if it's somebody I know, or I'll watch the independents. I watch the independents a lot because again, got to kind of know what people do. If I'm going to be in a ring with that's them. your game tape, especially if they're going to be breaking glass over my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you know, putting me through pain glass. Shout out, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But what I would say is, what I would say is that Deathmatch is probably more mainstream than it ever has been now. Oh, especially within the last, like, when you say now, that could literally mean the last two weeks. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, we had Nick Gage on Dark Side of the Ring. Yep. And just, I mean, I don't want to date this podcast already, right. but I saw that today Jericho released an episode about deathmatch wrestling. With, with uh, Madman Pondo and G-Raver. <laughs> the fact that now, I don't know, I have a hard time dealing with the fact that Chris Jericho now knows G-Raver as well. Listen, I... Uh, I would say that that I didn't expect to live in the world that I live in now, where G Raver and Jericho know each other. Not only know each other, but had a conversation with each other. <laughs> but here I am, continuing to breathe and continuing to live. And I'm just curious as to it would be really cool if AEW, which I know they've dabbled in it. But it would be really cool if they gave some of these guys that have been grinding in the deathmatch scene some chances. Do you think that that, I mean, they did the exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Yeah. Do you call that a deathmatch? Um, there was no glass in that match. But does it, okay. It, it, glass is not necessarily, I believe you and I have talked about it. Anytime that Schlack uses the plastic bag over someone's face, even if there are no other weapons in that match, that is a death match because he is trying to kill you. He is trying to kill you with a plastic bag. So that constitutes a death match. Glass doesn't necessarily constitute death match, but it certainly does help. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Does there's some really bloody matches out there that almost feel like a death match. Yeah. I'm trying to, uh, what was that, that I quit match with, um, fuck Eddie and no, it's from like the seventies. Oh, um, 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 I know we've talked about it on predetermined oh, before. Uh, uh, are we talking about the empty arena match? Are we talking about Lawler and funk? Because that, I guess that one didn't really get bloody. It was just that there was a piece of wood sticking out of Terry Funk's eye in it. Fuck. No, I wasn't talking about that. That, <laughs> 
That counts, though. <laughs> if we're just if things and eyes count in that time that uh, David Bowie performed and somebody perfectly threw a lollipop in his eye, <laughs> and it caught that him. Was a caught death him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, imagine being that fan in the crowd. Like, I don't think the intention was to stick a lollipop into David Bowie's eye, and like, probably just like. I'm so excited to see David Bowie. I'm going to throw him something that I have. And for it to go that badly. Like, think about how terrible that person felt afterwards. A That's legend. Hilarious. An absolute legend. You threw like, a lolly in his eye. Yep. And I bet and I would and I would almost guarantee that that person did it and immediately left that concert and was like, uh, I don't want to go to jail, number one, for assaulting David Bowie, but also left and probably never listened to David Bowie's music again because it was like, well, I've done the worst thing that I could have done to somebody I was so excited to see. Unless he just was not excited and, that, and it happened exactly <laughs> was, the way he intended. The, 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 the plan went on. Uh, without a hitch like fucking bullseye from the punisher comics just <laughs> pop <laughs> there's those predetermined tangents yeah hey you know what we got i mean listen they're gonna be blanks tangents too because <laughs> <laughs> i suffer from adhd and, <laughs> and talking about one topic never works for me <laughs> okay but should we discuss the name? Like we're trying to help. We're trying to get the predetermined listeners to help us come up with could, a name for this. Uh, so could you guys help us please? Because we are really struggling over here. See, he's taking shots to the head. I honestly just have really massive anxiety about naming something. Like I'll never have a child because of this. It's going to go nameless for months. Right. Yeah. It's just, 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 uh, uh, well, just blank a, a, a podcast. Like, <laughs> and it'll just be that way until you guys help us. See, it, where my mind went the other day when I was trying to come up with a name is I think since we're discussing such violent wrestling, mm -hmm. I wanted to go somewhere like an NPR podcast. Arts, culture, ultraviolence. I like that. Uh, the one I pitched to you was, what was it, this death american life <laughs> uh, somebody already said you got to get ira glass on here uh crimson air like, <laughs> crimson air get God. some terry gross get some terry gross <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we just yeah we're struggling with a name i think that we're circling it but i would like to see input from people who the people who are going to listen the people who are going to listen to us just talk about violence violence <laughs> nice boys who like violence something very much so and nice boys who like violence uh and i i can say at least for from my end likes violence to fall upon him <laughs> see i i actually uh busted myself open today you see this little heart I band like, i like that there? i like that pink heart band-aid i know <laughs> I, I felt like a tough boy putting it on because yeah. i i bled i bled for this podcast already <laughs> As I, as I look at your scar that AJ Gray gave you. <laughs> the one that I was just going to super glue. I was just going to super glue it. And I was laughed at. I was laughed at by Nolan. And he said, ha, you're going to have to go to the hospital. 
And then he drove me to the hospital and I got stitches. <laughs> God, the stories that you two must share about just getting stitched up and injuries. And... So uh, what I would say is, is that a majority of the Nolan and I stories, it uh, at times could be called a boy and his caretaker. Because... <laughs> Because as both of us get injured, the other one just slips into the to the let me help you clean off roll. Every single time, it's it's ooh, you got a lot of glass on your back. Hold on, just a second. <laughs> let me let me get some of that for you. And have you gotten? Because I know, like I used to go to Guar concerts, mm-hmm. and afterwards going into a gas station, you look like you've just been assaulted ooh, in the parking lot. I've you... got a really good story about that. So. During the collective in October, um, when I when we had the death match with the rejects, uh, my first death match, um, we got done at the show, and medical looked me over. She helped pull uh, some bigger pieces of glass out of my head that needed to be pulled out. Nothing too crazy. Um, I'm still in my. Like I left that venue in my deathmatch clothing, uh, my white white shirt, my white dead, dead inside, inside shirt, <laughs> covered in blood, um, and my my jeans, and I just I like it was the first one, and my adrenaline was going a thousand miles an hour, and we waited around for the end of that show before we left. And I'd been getting pictures, stuff like that, you know, so I had kind of lost all track of time. And Nolan was like, hey, the rings tore down. Everybody's leaving. Like, they're sweeping up. Like, we're kind of in the way at this point. And I was like, cool, let's go. I leave. I hop in his truck to go back to where we were staying, which was a hotel. Let me rephrase that. We were staying at probably a four-star hotel. That seems like a good amount of stars for deathmatch wrestlers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I also don't know that they were fully aware that deathmatch wrestlers were staying in their hotel. Because I walked in to the front door. And now, mind you, there's a pandemic going on. So I walk in. And realistically, what I would say is, is nothing really happened from nose down to me. Because I got a beard, that stops a lot of it. Nobody cut my nose. It was mostly just top of my head and face. Like, to, to, uh, like, right below my eyes. And I walk in, and, like, I've cleaned up a little bit. But, like, there's still just an amount of dried blood on me. And I walk in through the side door to go upstairs... And this is probably about three o'clock in the morning. And I, when I walk in through the side door, we, you have to pass by the front desk to get to the elevators. And I passed by the front desk and there was, I can only assume was a very nice individual. But the <laughs> noise that they made when they saw me walking through the lobby was, I'll see if I can do it justice. It was, <gasps> Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I did the thing where, you know, like when you want to acknowledge somebody 
but like you don't you don't want to talk to them. So I did the thing where I look at them and I smile. <laughs> I'm wearing a mask. So all it looks like is I just shoot my eyes at them and I and I just give them the the tiny little head nod and then I just <laughs> bolt away to the elevators where they're probably they probably the most confused human being in the entire world from seeing that. Like like I I didn't acknowledge them until they acknowledged me. And then when I acknowledged them, they had this more even startled look to them. And then I ran to the elevators. <laughs> if only when you gave that little head nod, a little Just burst a of a little bit. burst of blood hit that plexiglass. <laughs> all of the trauma. What do you think she thought happened or they I, thought happened? I, like, I, it was I, all top of the head trauma. Well, my hope is, is that, <laughs> well, here's what I'll say is, I don't know that the dead inside shirt helped <laughs> uh, because I wore a white shirt for a reason. Like it kind of felt like, okay, this is my first death match. I want to wear a white shirt. So all color I get is on this shirt. Um, I still have it. Haven't ever washed it. It is uh, in a shadow box at the house. Is it really? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, along with all the texts that uh, Kelly pulled out of my back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it was just, you know, I, I wonder if they didn't assume that maybe I, because I probably looked like I had been in a car accident from the the way that there was blood and there was also not blood on my face like where you could tell there were white marks from me wiping blood off me but that was realistically just around my eyes so i could see like it <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like i'm gonna get cleaned up it was i need to get up to the room so i can shower and get the rest of this glass off me <laughs> what's amazing is you're on the cusp of having this same story every weekend <laughs> I am trying to have that story every weekend. Uh, like, you know, Schlack has that story, but he's probably gotten the cops called on him walking I into it. I guarantee he has. Because look at him. Look at him. He doesn't look human. Like, but he, once again, another nice boy who likes violence. Very nice boy who loves violence. <laughs> uh, all, us, all us boys who love violence are, tend to be nice boys. That's how we get our aggressions out. Not, not just in fighting you, but watching. Like... Like, Everybody has their own traumas that brought them here, but, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Birds of a feather. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, it's I, I am on the cusp of, uh, of being that, hopefully being that boy. Uh, because after that one, and after the one that followed it, I uh, just kind of wanted to do it forever. <laughs> God, yeah, and I want to see you do it forever, or as long as your body can handle the trauma. It's really fun. It's really fun to bleed. It's really fun to bleed, and it's really fun to make other people bleed. Uh, that's also a, a big part of it. Um, <laughs> see, I, I forgot that you get to do that to other people, too, because <laughs> right, right. in my mind, I'm always just like, Oh, fuck my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just have to be like, you have to be better at, at making the other person bleed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have to be better at making them bleed um, so that when I bleed, 
you, you don't notice it as much because you're like, oh man, that could you, be you, like, his like, like like the old adage, like you should see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> God, I didn't always love death matches, and I mean on this podcast. You can hear that. I'm sure the way that I originally talked about death matches probably offensive to death matches. Black, yeah. Just, I'd... but it also was given to me as kind of a surprise. Right. I didn't. I had no idea what modern death matches truly were. Right. But going back to like the beginning and watching, you know, the Funk uh, Cactus Jack matches and seeing, you can tell a story with this. You. You want to not land in the barbed wire. That's yep. the story. That, the story is, is the story is I'm trying to avoid going into these exploding ropes for as long as humanly possible. Let's, and I fucking love let's, that let's, story. <laughs> let's let's rock let's rock this this headlock for another two minutes to make sure that I don't go into that. Because <laughs> <laughs> even if I've got you ready to send in. All it takes is one misdirection. I'm going in. <laughs> I I think I well I told you about a match that I just watched. Yeah. Uh, or I sent you the highlights yeah. of, which honestly we could pull them up right now and just rewatch a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah. I had I googled best death match ever. Yeah. And Google was like, oh, I definitively have an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> Piranha death match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it happened in big Japan. Yep. And there is straight up just a, a fi- human-sized fish tank in the middle of a ring. Which, this is the one note I walked away with from that. Is, I don't know who built that fish tank. But good on them. Those guys probably weigh 270. Oh, easy. And they are leaning on that fish tank. They are straddling that fish tank. They are taking bumps into that fish tank, and those sides stay up. There wasn't even a leak. That's how well that fish tank was built. And not only was it built well, it was built safely for the fish. There were a lot of tubes in that thing, like pumping the bubbles in. And you could tell, like, a lot of thought was put into this. We did not want to necessarily hurt the fish. We need them for the spot. (laughs) Right. But I will say this, that that water became very disgusting once the blood started getting in it <laughs> jaws much more realistic than i thought <laughs> yeah yeah it did seem to it did seem to frazzle the fish didn't it they, they, were, they were like we like this taste but there's nothing attached to it so it isn't just the piranha there's also four boards in each corner covered mm-hmm. in barbed wire. And I thought it was very uh, unique for the finish. Well, I guess it was unique because I'd never seen anything like this in my life. He stuffs, one guy stuffs the other guy in there, takes a piece of the barbed wire board and covers it. So he is now just stuck in this tank getting eaten. And he lays on top of it. The other guy oh, lays yeah. on top of it, barbed wire side down into the tank. So this guy now can't get out of the tank without having to deal with barbed wire. Brilliant. Brilliant. You you wouldn't think that the Saw movies could be a real thing until you see somebody do that. And then you go, you have to deal with this now. <laughs> like, you're being actively bitten by piranhas. <laughs> you, you can't fake that. Nope. You nope. cannot. And he did not. His the, chest 
tore up. <laughs> I mean, if the piranha are going to bite me somewhere and I'm laying face down in the tank, uh-huh. I would have been happy it was my chest, I guess. <laughs> like, could have been the... I mean, he's in fucking Speedos. Yeah. Yep. I I, I mean, that... Th- my thing was is when I first when we when I first watched the highlights, I was like, "Oh, is that just blood from his head?" And then I I start looking, and I was like, "No, there are like chunks of his skin missing from where he was bit." Like <laughs> I rewind it, rewound it, and about three times when he rolls outside to the to the blanket to be carried off, I rewatched that part like three times to be like, "Yep, nope, there's chunks out of him for sure." And what you just mentioned, they did carry him away on a blanket <laughs> as if he had had to jump out of a burning building and was caught in a like a hammock. I would want to be carried out in that too. Yep, yep. I, I let me say this. Uh, uh, piranhas? I don't know if I'll mess with piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> You're early into the death match career. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know, you, for a big match? Maybe for a big match. <laughs> maybe, for, maybe for a big match. Be like, yeah, bring on the piranhas. Bring on the piranhas, but make sure that they're safe. Make sure you've got yeah. the tubes <laughs> yeah. in the water. I, I wanna... don't want problems with any type of animal <laughs> rights activists. Like, understand that I am here as a friend to animals. <laughs> That's maybe what maybe that's why I won't ever do piranhas. <laughs> you know how bad I would feel if I accidentally stepped on a piranha and killed it? I'd feel feel awful. But they don't feel bad playing like the lumberjack in the match. Mm-mm. Not at all. Not at all. They don't care at all. <laughs> and I read up on it a little bit. For that match, you had to stuff the other guy in the tank for ten seconds. Oh, it had to be for ten seconds. It had to be for. That's why he blocked him on top. You know, put the board yeah, the, down. That's why they didn't ring the bell until after the board was on top. That makes sense because I was like, "Oh, he's in the tank." Well, does he have to be fully submerged? Like that was my <laughs> first thought. Was is like his head was still out. Does he have to get in there and like push his head under like a like a like a like nineteen fifties bully style? <laughs> <laughs> a piranha swirly of yeah, sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then, it, no, it was very much, uh, uh, oh, you had to be in there for 10 seconds for it to count. Because they were, like, they were shoving each other's heads in it. In the moments that I was seeing, like, like the one guy was busted open, and he's shoving his very busted open head into the piranha tank. And you can see that the piranhas are now moving in the, the blood area. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, uh, that was, that was... I don't know that I've ever seen a piranha match before. And as far as I can tell, it hasn't happened again. I saw there was another match they called a piranha match in the States, but they had to use a different kind of fish that kind of looked like piranhas. Was it for like Wrestling Society X or something? Like, it feels like <laughs> That feels like a Wrestling Society X thing. But like the moment that they fell into the tank, the, it, it would explode. It would, <laughs> they put on some CGI explosions. <laughs> But they'd give it like a, a red mist. So it looked like. <laughs> Back to our title, Crimson Air. Crimson Air. This is Crimson Air. So what, what else outside of the, the, <laughs> the Piranha match have you been watching? Since, this is a, since we'll get to the deathmatch stuff on the next. Well, <laughs> I just started this book. The Way of the Blade. Way of the Blade. Way of the Blade. hundred of the greatest bloody matches in wrestling history. Hmm. And it goes chronologically. First match that I read about in here, I feel like I have to mention, Dr. Adolf Kaiser 
That's a name. That is a name. <laughs> he he was a German scientist oh. in the fifties. Gimmick oh. in France. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, from what I read in this, it seemed like the two countries had a little bit of a problem with this character yeah. and thought it was going to ruin relations uh, between the two. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turns out Nazi doctor, great <laughs> heel gimmick. Specifically for the 1950s. So, oh, like, yeah. Like, like, there are children that are in their 20s <laughs> that remember World War, World War II. Man, what a time to release that gimmick. Yeah. And they said that, uh, the, like, a lot of the time they would put him up against, like, a, a big, beefy baby face uh-huh. and let him beat the shit out of him. And, you know, he would come out, like, just top heel. But I guess he, in this match, it talked about he hit somebody's face off the turnbuckle and they got busted open real nice. Oh, okay. But heel shit. Real heel shit. Real heel you shit. Know, yeah. But, I mean, hey, uh, hey, don't be a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't. Like, I, 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 I hope that his, like, record was zero in, you know, how many ever heat matches he had. Like, he never won a match because... I just don't feel like the Nazi doctor should. He is, it, honest to God, the definition of too soon. <laughs> um, possibly the honest to God. I'm definition. edgy. <laughs> it's edgy. <laughs> uh, um, that is a that is a gimmick that is never going to work. Hey, all you shitty indie promotions, stop trying to push a Nazi gimmick. That shit is never going to work. It just turns off your fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm not showing up for that. But I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited to keep reading this I've, book. That um, looks really good. This is, it's been a fun time so far. So I'm sure we'll get some more matches out of this thing. I'm into that. I love, I love me a good bloody match. I'm trying to think, what else have I been watching? I feel like I've just been going back and watching some old GCW stuff. Like that's kind of what got me into death matches. And I've over the summer, ICW really pulled me into it even more yeah <laughs> icw really they did a really good job of dragging dragging i feel like people who aren't deathmatch fans into being deathmatch fans um just because the wrestling was so consistent like and felt like it was every week it wasn't every week but it felt like it was every week it was about once every two maybe at once every two weeks they were having a show this summer this summer that's what it felt like like, and it was, they're one of those promotions that it even, it feels so much like a fight club. Yep. When they're fighting in the back of a pawn shop in Florida, there's something so authentic about that. You couldn't pick a better place. <laughs> you absolutely right. Um, it, they, they just, I mean, that whole crew is doing something right. It, they're not, I mean, they are the epitome of what, what I like about music is that it feels underground and it feels punk rock. It feels like, oh, this is the shit you're not supposed to be watching. This is the shit that, like, you're not – It, it's not for everyone, and that's okay. Like, we're very okay with it not being for everyone. We don't want it. In fact, the more people who like it, the more we're like, are we doing the right thing? Because it kind of feels like we're doing the wrong thing. (laughs) And ICW, they'll do one match after another of death matches where GCW 
kind of uses it as a cherry on top these days. Right, absolutely. It's like, you know, just a little extra sauce on the show <laughs> where, god damn, and it just feels like you are in immediate danger. Yep. When you go to one like of these Like, you shows. almost feel like you're in danger for watching it from your couch. Like, am I about to watch a murder? <laughs> did I pay to watch a murder yeah, on my television? Watch, yeah, yeah. Is that illegal <laughs> in itself? Does that make me an accomplice? <laughs> See, now, this is the wrestling that I wish we had been able to trade on tapes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of the, like, ICW was made to be watched on VHS. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, any, any VHS company, why don't you uh, get on that? Just start making tapes. And I can guarantee you I will buy them. Guaranteed. I will buy those tapes. Wrestling fans will buy anything, and they want something physical that they can hold. <laughs> yep. Get those fucking tapes. <laughs> yep. And we'll just restart tape trading, um, and it'll be a great time. It'll be a really good time. And I assume the only place I can see that Piranha match is on a tape somewhere because I can only watch five minutes of it on the internet. Yeah, we need to. Uh, do you think any of the old, uh, the old message boards are still up and going? Like people still trading? <laughs> Has to be VHS tapes, man. That's maybe that's what I'm going to do this week between episodes is look to see if I could find a, a tape trading board that's still active. We have to reach out to um, Chris from the Curtain Jerks. Okay. I know he still does some uh, tape trading stuff. I, I don't know if it's actual tapes or if it's just like DVD uh, compilations, oh. but he's still he's still getting physical media. We were talking about the high spots thing back in the day when you could call up high spots or not call up high spots, but you could you could order like a you specific tape. Like I want this match, this match, and this match, and like you could do your own mixtape tapes. And I wish that was still a thing <laughs> because I would absolutely do that thing, man. Cause I just get like, I wouldn't even want like now that's what I call death matches. Volume seven. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like just, man, I, I really, I really like the ideology of the, the physical, the physical copy of, of VHS. I mean, because you know, I'm friends with Jesse and Jesse kind of made me fall back in love with collecting VHS. And so now I've got a fucking bookshelf full of VHS tapes. Um, most of it like B horror movies, like B horror movies. And then a lot like of a copy of heavyweights. Yeah. 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 A copy of heavyweights. There is a copy of heavyweights. <laughs> There's a copy of Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. Um, those are just the two that I could think of off the top of my head. But it's like... Willy Wonka would have been a good deathmatch wrestler. That guy was fucking yeah, yep, sadistic. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> Especially that like room where like like everything was edible. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he let it... I mean, he kind of was a deathmatch wrestler. He let the Augustus kid drown in the chocolate. Um, he sent that Veruca girl to the incinerator. Charlie and his grandpa almost went through some fans. And they almost went through some. They were there would have been some good color there. Yeah, yeah, great color there. The one that uh, turns into a blueberry. Yeah, they juice her. Yeah, they juice her. Um, like Mike TV just shrunk himself. Like that's mm. not like what a, what a low spot. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's, like don't put that on your compilation. Don't put it in your highlight reel. 
He just shrunk himself. It's not that big of a deal. Well, not every match is going to be five stars. That's fair. Yeah, you know, you know what? You're right. But like, he almost drowns a child out the gate. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, Willy Wonka would have been Gene Wilder. As Gene Wilder versus Schlack. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. <laughs> sorry, what were you saying before uh, Willy Wonka? I sorry oh, about that. Um, I was gonna say just a lot of trauma movies. That's where I was going with that. Was is like just a lot of trauma movies. Like I, I watch a lot of Lloyd Kaufman. Love Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, watched uh, Psycho Gorman last night. Fuck yeah! It was very good. Oh, how I, good is that movie? I love that movie a lot. <laughs> that little girl is so perfect in that yep. movie. If you haven't seen Psycho Gorman, uh, it is a movie about a little girl and her brother that come across a killer monster from outer space. Yep, that has been like buried on this planet for uh, millennia. And is supposed the ultimate evil. And it's, I mean, the movie was fantastic from beginning to end. It, it felt like an 80s horror movie. It felt like, I, but like with just enough comedy sprinkled in that I really enjoyed it. Like, that's the kind of comedy horror movie I like. Is that kind. Like, where it's like purposefully winking and nodding at itself. But, uh. But yeah, I watched Psycho Gorman last night. I was really psyched about that. And then I watched New Girl because that's who I am. We have, <laughs> see, we don't just watch people bleed. We, we're nice boys that like violence. <laughs> yeah. Is what yeah. I'm saying. We also, we, yes, yes. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an, uh, an, whatever those things are called, appendix, like where it's like, I, I'm a nice boy. And then like a little tiny star. And at the bottom, at the bottom of the page, it says, I also very much enjoy ultraviolence. <laughs> like today, I was very excited that one of my favorite pop singers released a new song. Sigrid. She's from Norway. It was fantastic. I saw that you were very excited oh, about that. I was that. so excited. It was um, such a banger. But... At the same time, when that guy got thrown in the piranha tank. <laughs> also excited about also that. Also very excited. <laughs> Speaking of violence, let's to get off, because we just talked about music, uh, bought my tickets for the terror show. Oh, shit. So. <laughs> I should probably hop on that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I miss aggressive music. Yep. Quite a bit. That's that's kind of where, where I'm sitting, too, is, is like, I just, like, it. It did. My first concert didn't have to be an aggressive music concert because it for sure isn't going to be because my first concert almost guaranteed is probably going to be a Josh Headley concert. <laughs> Shout out, Josh. Um, but what I will say is, is that the moment that I saw the terror, it was what terror, love is red, misery come signals, back kid. come back kid. Like that's a, that's a, fucking show <laughs> oh and you've only named half the lineup because yeah. it's a classic hardcore show so there's like 15 fucking bands <laughs> well, I starts found, at four o'clock on a tuesday i found out i found out the reason why is because it is the it is the pre-show is the pre-show for furnace fest so furnace fest goes on that friday saturday and sunday in alabama and that's got like from on the ashes on it and 
which I don't know why. Like I just went with all these very tough bands, and then I went then with you from <laughs> to Ashes. <laughs> what a strange thing I just did there. <laughs> well, isn't that's one that like every time I die is on? Yeah, yeah every and time I die, hate breeds on it. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget how much my wife laughed the first time I took her to a hate breed show. <laughs> she couldn't like it was the funniest shit in the world to her. <laughs> like just how aggressive he like the band was, and then how the audience was taking it. <laughs> Yeah, because what I would say is is that as a as a 30-year-old in my 30s year old adult, I haven't been to a an aggressive show like that in a I wouldn't say a very long time because I've been to aggressive shows, but like I'm very much the old head in those situations, so like I'll go up to the balcony and like the band can get me for like one song in the pit <laughs> but what i will say is is that with the group that that i that is confirmed going i don't know how we're not in the pit the whole time if you go that's me you jesse and aj gray <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be in the fucking pit that whole show and I'm going to be sore for like a month afterwards. Because fucking AJ Gray is going to be in it throwing lariats. I'm going to try to get I'm going to try to get AJ to, to stage dive. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start in on him next time I see him being like, I bet you you won't do it. You won't jump off the stage during terror. Can you imagine that crowd watching AJ Gray? Six foot three, <laughs> 260 pounds. I don't know how much AJ weighs, but that feels right. He's definitely a guy that if I was in the front row and saw him get on stage, I would get really bummed out. Just, real quick. <laughs> you'd immediately start just shaking your head. No, like, no, like, no, no, no. Don't jump on my wife. Just jump on <laughs> yeah. me at least. Yeah, that's, but that's, I'm, I'm now currently trying to convince him to, to stage dive at that show. Cause I think it'll be the greatest thing ever. He's got a, <laughs> he's he's got it. There's no there's no turning back now. And that's just the people I've confirmed that are going. There are still other people that are still on the fence about going that I would love to go. See, I'm typically not afraid to get into the pit, but <laughs> y'all are some big motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, is that the big motherfuckers are on your side. That's true. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, the big motherfuckers will swing for you. That's that's <laughs> we, we motherfucker. We swing first and ask questions later. I'll swing and then I'll go. What'd you do? And then you'll go. This one was definitely on me. And I'll be like, ah, it's fine. They're already knocked out. It's not like I can unknock that. Let me take that back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to see terror. <laughs> a lot of similarities between hardcore shows and death matches <laughs> i think that they bring a similar energy like caution into the wind like <laughs> hit your high spot <laughs> <laughs> um caution into the wind it's very much what i would say that both those things bring to the table is like i do I want to break my arm at a hardcore show? No, but uh, law of averages says that <laughs> eventually it's probably going to happen if I continue to go to them. 
do I want to get glass in my eye? No, but law of averages says that eventually it's going to happen. <laughs> Have you been to a hardcore show yet with some like with just our age group? No, I have not. No. So the last, the last hardcore show I went to was probably Riot Fest in like 2011. Listen, I stopped going to like, I stopped going to like, I went to like a lot of punk rock shows, but they're, it's different. I feel like, like punk rock shows, if you fall down. Somebody's going to pick you back up. Somebody's going to pick you back up. At a hardcore show, if you fall down, start rolling immediately. Get out of the way because because nobody saw you fall. Because everybody is actively getting punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever uh, listen to the band Fucked Up? I didn't. See, I'm a big fan of that. Actually, the last time I saw Terror, they were playing with Fucked Up. But um, I saw them a couple years ago here in Nashville. Mm. And everybody in the crowd was 30 plus. Everybody. It was a Wednesday night. Everybody had work the next day. It was perfect. We all stood back. Everybody just crossed their arms and listened to him scream. And no one had to get hurt. And I don't see that happening at this outdoor terror show. I don't think that that's going to happen at the terror show. Because I feel like... I feel like specifically... Because this... like Because... You know, we both live in Nashville. We kind of watch concerts anyway to see what's coming through town. This is the most aggressive concert that's happening this year. Like, so far that's been announced, in my opinion. This is the most aggressive. And we've just went through a year of a pandemic where no one was able to do anything. And everybody is just a little... like everybody's walking around with a chip on their shoulder right now. I've noticed it doesn't feel like anybody's like real fucking jazzed up about everything they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) We need this. (laughs) Yeah, We need this. I need pure unadulterated violence for, for the duration of at least one show for me to feel like a normal human being. That's what I feel like a lot of the people people that are coming to the show are probably walking into. We're all looking for a hard reset. We need yeah. to restart our modem. <laughs> yep. And in order to do that, we have to windmill kick somebody in the face. <laughs> See, I was never the fucking I was never the fucking kick guy. I was never a kick guy. I was absolutely throw a couple elbows kind of guy, though. (laughs) I would. I feel like the elbows that I've thrown were more for my own protection. Uh, Did you ever do a wall of death? I have done. I did one at some fucking tiny venue in Warsaw with like 100 people. It wasn't many. I've never done like a proper wall of death. I did one at an Ozfest with Lamb of God. Ooh-wee. I'm alive still, <laughs> but I shouldn't be. Because <laughs> I will tell you that that doughy high school kid should not have been in the middle of that. <laughs> uh, well, like we, one of the things that I always talk about w- is uh, in the car rides. It seems like is we always end up sharing because again, we most of us were punk rock hardcore kids um and we always end up sharing stories about like run-ins with like crews like i never had any run-ins with fsu never had any run-ins with fsu who's what's fsu uh fuck shit up 
uh, they were like a East Coast hardcore crew, like hardcore kid crew. Um, but like they've they've there was one in my well, it was I guess it wasn't technically just in my area, but there was one in because uh, I'm originally from Indiana. Uh, we ran into the Courage Crew a lot, which were a bunch of straight edge, skinny kids. Like I, I don't know. That's how nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, right. right? Well, yes and no. Oh no. <laughs> um, the the thing the thing with the Courage Crew kids was is that you were you never saw just one. It was normally there was four to six of them, and they would normally gang up on one person. They tried to gang up on me at the Emerson Theater um, because I was smoking a cigarette, and they're straight edge, and I believe it was a throwdown show which is already a straight edge band yeah um but they didn't they don't fucking care they're not like militant straight edge they're just straight edge um so they sing about straight edgeness like it wasn't like they were like this can't be a smoking venue and at the time i smoked cigarettes and i was standing by myself over in the corner and the courage crew was like put that cigarette out and i was like no you're allowed to smoke in here and they were like, no, you don't understand. Put that cigarette out. And I was like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm allowed to smoke in here. <laughs> and uh, they essentially said, do we have a problem? And I was like, I fucking kind of guess we do. <laughs> it's kind of seeming like it kinda we do. It kind of seems like we do have a little bit of a problem. And uh, I was... I was a bigger kid. I think I've shown you pictures. I was a much bigger kid at one time. Like I weighed like 300 pounds and it was not in like a, like cool jacked way. <laughs> it was very much in like a way too many cheeseburgers kind of way. And, but I had started losing weight. So I had still gain. I'd still had that mass, but I was starting to lose a little bit of weight in my midsection. So like, me wearing a hoodie, you couldn't tell if I was just like ripped to shreds or <laughs> if I was just fat. You couldn't tell. So that I is, see, I that is the, that's a fat guy trick that I still use to this day. <laughs> Wear a hoodie, a casual jacket. You, you could be buff under there. You yeah, never know. I just don't know. My and jean jacket is a fucking, <laughs> it's, it is my bulletproof vest. But like, I was aware that that's, how that kid saw me, like, there was enough of them that they would have been able to whoop my ass. There was enough of them. And because I don't know how many they were going to use, or uh, I don't know how many it would have taken, but they were going to use everyone. <laughs> and there was probably six, six of them. And uh, is the Courage crew still around? I don't know. I have no idea. That's how long it's been since I've been at a hardcore show in Indianapolis. I know that. I know that like the straight edgers still exist and like, I don't understand it, but cool. I guess if like, you don't like doing cool shit, like I guess, <laughs> I guess like straight edge is cool. Whatever. <laughs> I was straight edge for a bit. Those fucking X's have been washed off though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. I definitely had a belt with the X's. Yep. <laughs> a lot of the shirts with the X's. And then I discovered fun. 
Yep, exactly. Like, uh, hey, you know what? The, there are there are a few straight edgers that I know in wrestling. There are a few straight edgers that I'm friends with outside of wrestling that like they're very good people. It just turns out that most people who are straight edge, like I'm going to go, we're really not going to have a lot to talk about because a lot of my stories start with, I was very drunk. <laughs> Story. <laughs> I... I've never run into crews at concerts. Like the the worst things that I've run into, and I mean, it is like the worst thing. Nazis. Oh, so that was like, like, so you grew up in like the Chicago. I was closer to St. Louis. Okay, you were closer to St. Louis. But I remember going. I was with my buddy Metal Dave. Nice. We were going to see Metal Dave, Hatebreed, and Cannibal Corpse. Woo! That's a show. That. It was a fun show. It was a fun show to see a corpse grinder pick up a child out of the crowd and then say, this next song is called Fucked with a Knife. <laughs> with child in hand? With child in hand. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, mostly Nazis. Wow. And uh, it was still, it was scary. We never really had it. We didn't have a lot of Nazis in our, in our scene. Um, but... I mean that's that's not the well let me let me let me rephrase that there were no active nazis in our scene that came you know red red suspenders you know like not that they all wear a a certain outfit but like just nobody repped it when we were around but i i wonder if that was also probably because even though i was like 300 pounds and 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 would have would have been okay in a fight but like i was never gonna be the strongest fighter i was i was just the guy that like i'm gonna catch like a couple luckies and and then i'm i gotta take it to the ground because i'm already gassed (laughs) (laughs) let's go to the ground i'm gonna lay on you like a whole bunch and i'm gonna like try to swing at you but I was never afraid to hop in. It was always just like, whoo, I got like three or four good swings in me. I know I look like a powerhouse, but I'm a mat wrestler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a real tech boy. <laughs> um, but it was mostly like, I got to get you on the ground because that's the only way I'm going to be able to control this fight is because if I, if I couldn't, if I couldn't put you down in the first three to four, you probably get me because I just had no win left. I was a smoker and I weighed almost 300 pounds. Like <laughs> I was, I was gassed after the first swing. I just, <laughs> but yeah, like the scene I came from was a pretty tight knit scene anyway. Like, because Indianapolis didn't really have a big scene. It was the same hundred people at every show that i was at like albeit going to see sloppy seconds or going to see uh every time i die like if if there were a hundred people that were into alternative music (laughs) and 99 other than myself (laughs) (laughs) what about did you have a, a wrestling community in indianapolis not not so much so i i had friends that like we would watch 
we would watch a lot of WWE. Like I could talk to them about uh, WWE. Um, my one of my friends, Brandon. Um, we would talk about WWE because that's what he watched. Um, like I would go over to his house for pay per views and stuff. Uh, watch WrestleMania twenty at his house. Uh, but that was like, that was he got into other stuff, but not in what I would consider the nerdy way that I got into other stuff. Like, like I got into realistically, it was, it was mostly WWE. And then I think that we've talked about on this podcast before, uh, TNA TNA was like my first soiree into independence. Like, because I was like, Oh, I know these, I know some of these guys, let's see what they're doing now. And then like finding out about people like, you know, amazing red or, you know, I don't know why this name keeps popping up in my head, but Robbie E. Like I just, I, I really enjoy the Robbie E gimmick, but that's also maybe because I've been watching a lot of Jersey Shore. (laughs) Um, uh, but like getting into TNA is like a gateway drug to independence, which led to ring of honor, of course, which led to Japanese wrestling, which led to just, okay, Oh, so they've been doing this since the 70s, too? Oh, and they take wrestling a lot more seriously than it is taken in the United States? Well, I'm going to watch everything I can get my hands on. You know, uh, Muda was a big, like, WC. Because I was, I, I think we've also talked about this. I was not always traditionally a WWE kid. I watched a lot of, I watched, on Mondays, I watched WWE. But the rest of the week, I watched WCW growing up. Like, I watched on Saturdays, I watched Saturday main night. Event. I watched, yeah, main event or Saturday night, um, depending on which it was at the time. Um, I watched on Thursdays, I watched Thunder. Um, My first wrestling show ever. Uh, cause, because SmackDown was two hours, but Thunder was three. Was it really? Yeah. Thunder, That's insane. Thunder was, I believe Thunder was three. I'm pretty sure that Thunder was three hours. I mean, what else was going on on Thursdays? Braves games? Or I mean, something? Uh, 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 must see TV on NBC. A, oh, lot, of, sure. a lot of episodes of, uh, of uh, Friends. Friends and, and Frasier. And... Hey, fucking love Frasier. I know, I know. Hey, listen, listen. There is nothing wrong. Like, I just got the Peacock Network because obviously I've, you've well yeah where I, else are you gonna watch those old wcw <laughs> right but uh fraser's on there and i've actually been thinking about watching fraser like because i i never watched fraser i watched cheers when i was growing up but i never watched fraser so i'm thinking about watching fraser oh man that see that's what we'll talk death matches and fraser fraser <laughs> <laughs> all right um but yeah i'm uh i remember watching a lot more night or uh thunder than uh, SmackDown. Uh, not that I didn't watch any SmackDown, but I just remember watching Thunder more because it was like, also like it would have been when SmackDown was on like UPN. I didn't have that. And I didn't really have UPN. Like we had UPN, but like I couldn't watch Moesha. I couldn't watch <laughs> SmackDown. <laughs> and you were upset about both. And I, yes. I, hey, Brandy's great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, just thunder was more accessible. And, uh, I do remember watching like what the WWE, uh, I think it was called live wire. 
it was on Saturday mornings at like 11 a.m. where it was just a recap show. Um, one of my most distinct wrestling memories with Livewire is them doing a recap of the Brawl for All tournament up to that point. I don't know why I remember it, but I remember Todd Pettengale talking about Brawl for It All. And uh, what a terrible, terrible thing the Brawl for All is. See, I think that things like Brawl for All or matches we're going to have to cover at some point, uh, just as what I would like to call a palate cleanser. Okay, I'm you know, very much into that. You know, I like a good comedy match. Just uh, not, not necessarily that was comedy, but it, it kind of like over time. Uh, what is it? Uh, 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 tragedy plus time equals comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but then like you and I've talked about before, some of the other stuff that I would like to talk about is like, like. WCW Saturday night, like the old, like, uh, I mentioned him, uh, when we were just randomly talking last week, uh, hole in one Barry Dorso, like, like he had a miniature golf gimmick. That was his gimmick in WCW at one point was he would, he would hand the putter to, to his opponent. And if they could sink the putt, it meant they won the match without wrestling the match and Barry Dorso never let them fully fully swing that that putter because he would attack them every single time <laughs> fucking heel yeah see you can either go with the putting gimmick or you can go with nazi doctor <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna go putting gimmick i'm gonna go putting gimmick every time <laughs> yep every single time but yeah that's that is very much uh like it's weird the cross section of wrestling i i feel like we're both into is is like i enjoy a good like good shitty new generation gimmick like give me w give me isaac yankum give me an isaac yankum match. please yeah like i'll watch an isaac yankum match every single day give me a mantar match i'm fine with that because it's gonna like it's not necessarily it at the time it was designed to be good but over time it has become what i love about certain horror movies what i love about trauma like, I watched Speed 2 Cruise Control last night <laughs> for the same reason that I would watch an Isaac Yankum match. <laughs> right. Because you know it's not going to be good, but it's going to be fun. Like, oh, Jason Patrick's going to pop a wheelie on a fucking motorcycle right at the top of that movie. And I know, here we go. Let's go get Willem Dafoe. Let's get the leeches. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how much you remember about Speed 2 Cruise Control. I don't remember control. a lot about Speed 2 Cruise Control. Well, they took everything that was good about Speed and were like, well, let's not try it again. <laughs> let's do something. Let's do something different. Let's do something different. And you know what? They took a shot. It didn't work. But thank God they tried. Because <laughs> yeah. it gave us Speed 2 Cruise Control. Because it gave us Speed 2 Cruise Control. I don't even know that I fully remember the plot of Speed. I remember Keanu Reeves, and I remember Anthony Hopkins, and I remember the bus can't go. Is it Anthony Hopkins? Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. I always get Anthony Hopkins and Dennis Hopper Hop mixed quiz, up. quiz, hot shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the bus couldn't go underneath 50 miles an hour. It yes. Wa it wasn't 55. It was 50, if I remember correctly. I Well, I mean, you pretty much have the movie then. It's them stuck on a bus that can't. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go but like, it's gonna explode. I don't remember like the high spots of that movie. I remember them jumping off like the unfinished road. Oh yeah, they ramp a bridge in and the bus. then and. I remember even as a little, like, because I would have been pretty young when that movie came out. 90, we'll call it 94. 94. (laughs) I can say that with certainty. (laughs) So I, in 94, I would have been nine years old. And I think even at nine years old, I couldn't suspend my disbelief (laughs) enough to be like, to be like that because they had to, because they they were watching the speedometer. That whole like there are fucking beauty shots of them looking at a speedometer in that movie, like just to make sure it's doing the right speed. And when my thought process was when they jump off the bridge, what is the terminal velocity <laughs> of a three ton, six ton bus? So you have to assume that like they couldn't control the speed at that point. So how is the bomb rigged? Because now there's no foot on the gas. Well, there's still foot on the gas. Does the pedal like? Yeah, but but if it's not gripping road, that it can't track any speed. Is that true? I don't know. I've never jumped a bus off an unfinished well, bridge. What I'm thinking about <laughs> is like Ferris Bueller's Day Off when they put the car on the jack and have it going. Yeah, but remember, like- it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't move the speedometer backwards, but it I feel like the engine's still revving and it Oh yeah, I mean they're still putting miles on the engine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I don't I don't really know. We need scientists. Sometimes I just need access to a scientist so I can be like, "Hey, all I can say is, is that I had a hard time suspending my disbelief when at I was nine years old. At the age of nine, being like, "This seems strange. This seems like a strange premise for a movie." It is, and then they turned uh, speed into the best movie ever, which is Crank. Yeah, that uh, you absolutely Basically, right. Basically, a man did. can't go below fifty miles an hour <laughs> yeah, if he yeah. dies. <laughs> yes, Sc- yes, Crank and Crank Two, two of the greatest movies ever made. Crank Two, also starring Charlie Kaufman, or not Lloyd Kaufman. I'm Lloyd sorry, Kaufman. not Charlie Kaufman. Who did- too deep. Yeah, too yeah. Deep. yeah now yeah, we're yeah, going yeah, into yeah, adaptation yeah. and Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I will say this, that I really enjoyed, uh, I I enjoyed the Crank movies, the Crank movies. But again, again, uh, what does it have in common with everything else that we love? The absurdity and violence. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it better have a lot of absurdity for no violence, or it better have a lot of violence, and and then I can pull back on the absurdity. I think that I just figured out like the perfect title for this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying like if there were a Venn diagram of the things that I like, you know, like where it has like the the full absurdity, no absurdity, no violence, full violence. Like, like I can fall anywhere on that chart except for directly in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> because if if it's just some violence and some absurdity, I want nothing to do with it. But if it is full absurdity and no violence, I'm fine with that. Or if it's full violence. Well, you know what, though? What if it's full both? Full violence, full absurdity? Yeah, full violence, full absurdity. Then you've got... Uh, Shit, I'm trying to think, like... I don't even know that. I think that we have to find that thing. See, that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> we are looking for full absurdity, full violence. Yep. That 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 I, will be the holy grail. Yep. And then once that happens, we just uh, listen. 
we retire from the podcast. I burn my wrestling boots. Well, don't I do quit that. The, I quit the business. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Well, if I find let a match them. that if I find a perfect match, I'll go. Well, I'll never live up to that. Wait, okay, I think we figured out perfect absurdity, perfect violence. Eric Ryan versus JJ Escobar or whatever. Isn't yeah. JJ okay. Allen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Lighting a crotch on fire, Hitting putting it, it out with a weed whacker, <laughs> <laughs> trying to put it out with a weed whacker. Yeah. If you haven't watched that, uh, at least find a gif of it. It's man. I don't know if you need to see the whole match, but <laughs> when we say that deathmatch wrestling is art, <laughs> I don't know. Is that good art? I, I think that, I would call that art trailer trash art. And I mean that as a compliment. Like, like you know how, like, lowbrow art is, like, a thing now. Like, like pictures standing in front of a double wide is, like, it's, like, nouveau. And people, like, <laughs> really love it and shit. Like, that's what I feel like most of jj escobar's matches are like i've seen fucking eric ryan have bangers oh shit i mean the first time i saw uh your boy akira yeah wrestle was against eric ryan such a bloody match and that's when you told me you were going up against him in the rejects i was like fuck yep fuck (laughs) and now we friends now you're friends (laughs) uh what i would say is is that like eric ryan puts on bangers and i'm not and, and I say that only to say that I also think that J.J. Escobar puts on bangers. But there is an absurdity level to a J.J. Escobar match that you don't really get with a lot of other deathmatch wrestlers. That you just go, J.J. Escobar doesn't care about anything, including himself. <laughs> doesn't even show his face while he does this shit. <laughs> Doesn't need credit for it. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't want to walk. Doesn't want walking around credit. He wants like the only credit that matters is in his own mind. So, okay. Does GCW let JJ Escobar come back for uh, the new backyard show? They, they fucking, I mean, if they want to sell tickets or if they want to sell buys, like absolutely. JJ Escobar forever. Like, (laughs) like when you disappoint Schlack, (laughs) You know you've done something. I, I just—I don't even know that Schlack was disappointed so much as Schlack was like, "I can't even do anything to hurt this man." <laughs> so, for those of you who haven't watched it, I highly suggest checking out Backyard Two, the GCW show. Uh, Schlack versus JJ Escobar is the main event. I'm sorry, El Schlacko, because he's mm-hmm. under a hood, mm-hmm. and it literally ends with him lighting a mortar on his dick. Mm-hmm. It explodes. The crowd looks mortified. Schlack ends up just taking off his mask and walking away. They stop it. They stop the match. I I really hope that he wasn't disappointed because, to me, that's art. Like, what they did was art. Like, I understand that. Let's go here. Wrestling is subjective. Some people like it. Some people don't. But then you get into the niche markets of wrestling. Some people love deathmatch wrestling and some people really don't like it. And I think that you can go even more niche than that is some people like JJ Escobar matches and some people don't that love deathmatch wrestling. And I can say that with 100% certainty, I am a fan of JJ Escobar. (laughs) 
What, okay, what is the the promotion that he's a part of? I think what those guys are doing. It's like the most extreme version of backyard wrestling you've ever seen. Which did you? Okay, speaking of, I know we're like an hour fifteen into this, so we probably should stop yeah. soon. But uh, did you grow up watching the backyard tapes? Yep, me too. One hundred percent. Me too. Probably still have some here. Uh, I just watched three and four, Best of Backyard three and four, less than a month ago to get ideas, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Those tapes were so insane. It was just naked ladies for part of the tape. Yep. And then guys just... Just untrained wrestlers stomping tacks into each other's head. It's at, the, at that time, the two videos I was watching was Backyard and GC or uh, CKY. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, that I I would say that that CKY has probably fueled a lot of the professional wrestlers that are out today. I would say that the rise of Jackass has fueled a lot of the wrestlers that are out today. As somebody who shares locker rooms, like you're hard pressed to find guys that weren't into jackass that weren't into cky that that like like maybe the younger guys but i guess most of the guys around my age um tend to be like oh man i remember like when i got my cky tape like and can tell you like their favorite bit in cky or can tell you their favorite bit from jackass and Given what I've been doing here as of late, I'm hanging out with mostly deathmatch guys. <laughs> so I think that it's I think that that CKY has played a part in causing a lot of deathmatch wrestlers because you you go oh I watched them do it I could probably do something you know just as dangerous to my body and probably be okay because like you've seen pictures of Johnny Knoxville recently. Holy he's shit. He's an old man now. A fucking handsome old man, He's though. a very handsome old man, but he's, like, full gray. Yeah. And and that, like, the first time I saw it, it, like, almost, like, it took me back. I was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. And I was like, no, I feel great about that because he had no reason to make it to this age. I mean, during his last movie, his eyeball fell out. Yep. Uh, during the first movie, my favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite bits from Jackass the movie, is when him and Butterbean it's have Butter the, d- the department, <laughs> the department store, the department store boxing. It's the I love the is Butterbean okay line, but my favorite part about that whole thing is is Butterbean hits him so hard when he falls down, Johnny Knoxville starts snoring. Oh, so he goes loud. straight into snoring. That guy knocked him all the way asleep. It's it's one of the things that I think about on a monthly basis. I just think, man, he hit him so fucking hard that he went straight to sleep. He just <laughs> one punch, one punch, and and yes, and then immediately goes, "Is Butterbean okay?" <laughs> God, that guy was so funny on his feet. Yeah, he was. He really, really was. And and you and like guaranteed concussion there. 100%. Guaranteed oh, yeah. concussion. Like, funny in a concussion. Like, <laughs> See, now this is what we got to do. Get deathmatch wrestlers to come here 
do an interview with them. Always ask them, what's your favorite CKY bit? Yep. They'll all have one. Yep. Everybody will have one because that was just that. Like these kids have Rob Deerdeck. <laughs> I have Bam Margera. <laughs> I have Steve-O. You're, like, you're like, my guy got kicked off the new jackass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's like, that's the real, I feel like that's a real thing now is that, that there are kids that have no idea what, like they might know what jackass is, but they have no idea what CKY is. They have no idea what the big brother tapes were. Those were so important to me in yeah, high they, school. <laughs> yep. All of that shit. Like, Cause again, it came back to back to everything else. Um, it felt like something I wasn't supposed to be watching. And that's what deathmatch is for me. And that's what going to hardcore and punk rock shows is to me. It feels like something that I'm not supposed to see. It's the thing that we can do right now that we know like is going to make our moms uncomfortable. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, Cause here's what I'll say is even at 30, even at 36 uh, years old, uh, I still have that little part of me that like has like that tiny little bit of teenage angst where like, I'm like, man, it would be cool if it would piss my parents off just a little bit more. <laughs> like, like, it doesn't inform anything that I like. Like, because I like a lot of shit now that I... 10 years ago, I wouldn't have copped to liking. Like, I'm starting to like Fleetwood Mac as I'm getting older. And I've never liked Fleetwood Mac. And I was like, I was like, that's old fucking... That's my parents' music. But now I'm kind of very, like... But that stuff is just also auxiliary to the stuff that I do every single day. It, the, the stuff that I love every single day. Like going going through and trying to find new music that seems, like, seems dangerous. <laughs> I like dangerous shit. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, help us name this show. Yeah. Reach out to us on social media. For fuck's sake. I'm at Gartet on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Hardway Heater, H-A-R-D-W-A-Y-H-E-E-T-E-R. It's real long, but I'm the only Hardway Heater out there. Just find me. <laughs> Just find him. Let him know what the show should be called. Because uh, I think you got a taste today of what is going to be happening. Yeah, it's going to be. Probably a lot more deathmatch talk. But also a lot more tangents. <laughs> a lot more tangents. Uh, you get an idea of what we like now. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, just be on the lookout for us at local shows, doing things. Come up, say hello, say hi. Oh, yeah. Go go get your picture with Hardway Heater. If you get, my, if you get a picture with Hardway Heater, uh, and, it's, and it's specifically from the podcast, I don't know, I'll figure out something to do. Like maybe you'll get like a special pose or something. Ooh, you know, whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll make it like a, a thing. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Send us those names, whatever you think it should be. Like I said, I am in the mood for an NPR name, but I very much support that. Uh, you know, come on, just tell us what you got. Thanks, everyone. Kisses. Mwah.